This is Crystal. This is Kat. And this is Alternative Interests. Yay! Still. Oh, you brought the yay back. <laughs> and I added a still. Still. Nope. Uh, still it's us. Yep, it's going to be us. Unless Almost one year, too. It is getting really, really close. I know. I it doesn't feel it. that long. Good. It really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to hear that. It feels like seven years underwater. Oh no. my god. It feels it, it doesn't it doesn't feel that long. I can't believe it's already been a year. I know that's it's crazy. It is crazy. Anywho. Any news? Do you have any news for me? I don't think anything so. of interest, no? I don't think so. I mean, um, You and I have kind of agreed that we're not going to say a whole lot about the Uh Gabby Petito, Brian Laundrie thing. Um, I don't know if our listeners, uh, I hope, I would hope our listeners know us well enough by now to understand why we haven't said anything. Yeah. Uh, But just to get it out there, um, Kat and I have discussed this and we've both kind of agreed that we can't add any meaningful information or meaningful mm. context to what's going on in all the discussions right now. Um, it's all over the place. It so is. if people need to know and want to know, it's out there. I just don't want to give it any more. We don't want to give it any more. I don't know. I mean, it's so many different reasons, but mostly that there's too many rumors out there Uh and the police and the FBI will release information when they get it. Yep. And, and everyone will know because it's all over the place, but everybody already thinks they know everything too. So, (laughs) which, which makes it even harder. Yeah. Another reason I kind of just want to stay out of it because no matter what we share, we would just be adding on to that. Yeah, pile. and I we yeah. just we don't want to. So yeah. um, we do feel uh, terrible for the family. Oh, awful! Yeah, but that is all that we really want to say about it. Uh huh. Um, and with that, we can move on to this week's case. Yay! What do you have for me or uh, us? For you, right now, everyone else just gets the aftermath. <laughs> um, for everybody. For everyone, yes. Uh, I have a case that was actually a listener suggestion. Oh, I like when we do those. I need to remember to now look that back we're at finally the list doing and see them the suggestions. We for the longest time. I know, I know. That's a good idea. This was requested by Christy B. Okay. To give her credit because this was very interesting when I started digging into it. Okay. Um, this comes out of Spokane, Washington. And officially, it is unsolved, even though pretty much everyone knows what happened. Okay. So just kind of keep that in mind. And um, at the end, I'll tell you some of the frustrating part about why this is unsolved. Okay. So we'll just kind of get into it. All right. I'm excited. Yep. So Heather Higgins, uh, we're going to start with Heather. Heather was described by her mother as the happiest child and the apple of everyone's eye. Basically, everyone loved Heather. From the time she was a young girl, she was a huge animal lover. She loved cats and dogs from a young age. But then when she was a little older, uh, based on photos, it looks like she was a teenager. Her family Uh rescued a filly named Dancer from a horse slaughter pen. Oh, um, she bottle fed her and they ended up growing up and being best friends, which is so that cute. is super cute. Uh, she also had a cat named Rotten Rodney, which I also <laughs> love. I wonder Rotten Rodney for a cat. He got hmm. his name because he was spoiled rotten. Oh, that's actually cute. Yeah, I was hoping more for like he was just this awful cat like this that also- <laughs> so i'm picturing yeah. like garfield with a chunk missing out of his ear yeah. and like huge <laughs> snaggle teeth um and she also had a bunny which i got cutest name so her bunny was named fuzzy buns oh my gosh they come up with the best names yeah so she loved animals uh she graduated high school in spokane and she went on to attend spokane community college 
And when she was an adult, she had a cat that she absolutely loved like it was her own child. Again, just following the she loved her pets thing all throughout her life. So she just loves animals. Yep. Okay. Um, And her mother said specifically, Heather was good at making you feel loved. Oh, I love people like that. Yeah. Like, I really like that. I thought that was really sweet. That is very sweet. Uh, she had a personality as big as the outdoors, and she really loved Seattle, which is a few hours over yeah. the mountains from Spokane. Right over here. Yeah. In September of 2010, she was 39 years old. She had recently graduated from Spokane Community College with honors, and she had started taking classes at Eastern Washington University. Okay. For what? Uh, I didn't actually see. Okay. Okay. I was just curious because that's also later in life, and so I was curious, like, if she, you know. Well, uh, you'll see. Heather, uh... I don't know exact. I don't want to speculate, but I get the feeling that she did not have the easiest life. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she did have bipolar disorder. And in early September 2010, she actually had an episode that was bad enough that she ended up being hospitalized for a little oh, while. Oh, no. Okay. At the time of the hospitalization, she was actually planning on moving out of her current apartment and into a new apartment. Uh-huh. And she was so far along in these plans, she actually had her apartment like packed up in boxes and she had saved up enough money for um, the first and last month's deposit she needed on her new apartment. Okay. When she was uh, released from the hospital and she returned home, somebody had broken into her apartment and stolen the cash she needed for her deposit. Oh. Which is really sad. That sucks. Yeah. Um, Heather was desperate to get this apartment and she was determined. So she made a plan. She said that she was going to go to the bank and see if she could get a really small loan, just enough to cover this deposit and so that she could cover her expenses until her next paycheck landed. So it sounded like um, not not specifically a payday advance, but like an actual legitimate, just small personal loan. Okay. Uh, she also planned on pawning some of her jewelry for money because she just, she really wanted to get into she this just, new yeah. apartment. She was doing Sounds what she needed. Sounds like it. Do. Yeah. So on September 20th, 2010, she went to her neighbor, Dawn, to see if Dawn knew anyone that could give her a ride because she didn't have a car. Uh-huh. Dawn said that her friend Robert Davis could drive her. What Heather did not know at the time was that... In 2007, Dawn had filed a police report against Robert because he had choked her and raped her. Okay, so Dawn is the one that's going to drive her, right? Dawn is the neighbor. Is the neighbor. And she said, hey, my friend Robert can give you a ride. Oh, and Dawn's not going to say any of this to her friend? She didn't. And I don't know why. Uh, that's weird. It is a little weird. I would never do that to a friend. Nor, especially if it was the guy that did that to me. I wouldn't even like suggest that this guy give anyone a ride. Yeah. Or I, would, I wouldn't even still be talking to that guy. I have no idea. There, on some parts of this story, there's so little information. That is, that is nuts. It is that's n- weird. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry to do this to you again, but you are going to be real angry by the end of this episode. Oh, my gosh. Um. So anyway, Robert took Heather on a drive. He uh, loaded her up in his minivan and the plan was to take her to the bank. And Heather was never seen again. <sighs> the timeline here is a little weird. I've seen a whole range of different time frames given between different articles and um, the missing page that yeah. Heather's mom has set up for her. If this is wrong, I apologize. September 20th, I believe, was the last sighting of Heather. She was not actually reported missing until September 27th. Oh. 
And I, I think maybe that is because um, there just wasn't anyone in her life that she had daily contact with. And she's a 39-year-old woman. It's reasonable to think she might go a day or two without talking to people. So it, it did take a week before she was reported missing. Oh, wow. It took two weeks before the detectives assigned anyone to her missing case. To even look into it? Yes. So she had already been missing a week. They call, and then it took another week for a detective to look into it? Two weeks. So three oh. weeks after she after the, her last sighting is when detectives finally got on it. I'm sorry, but that's like, you have a certain window. Or is that only for children, like the first 48 hours? Legally, um, I think, at least in Washington State, they do have to act on it immediately if you're a minor. Uh-huh. Um, but when she was like, what, 30 something? She, yeah, she was 39. Yeah. So oh, yeah. They still should have acted on it faster than two yeah. weeks. Because they already lost a week. Exactly. So, I yeah, there's so many places in this investigation that things could have gone better, but they didn't. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So uh, February 2011, detectives ended up tracking down Robert and talking to him. And they asked what he knew. Robert said that, uh, yeah, um, I took Heather to the bank, but Heather got upset and I ended up leaving her there. And I, I didn't see her after that. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. So they asked him about his van and his van was of a blue minivan uh-huh. uh, with like the fake wood paneling. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember. I think my parents had one of those when I was a kid. I think of um, the National Lampoon's vacation car. I mean, that wasn't a van, but you know, the oh, Christmas yeah, the vacation with wagon. the wood. Yeah, the station wagon with the wood yeah. paneling. But I know what kind of van you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they asked him about like, hey, do you mind if we take a look at your van? And he said, oh, you know, I sold it in December and it was crushed at a wrecking yard. Oh, conveniently. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. And nothing really happens for months until August 28th, 2011. A man was waiting in the Spokane River and he picked up a rock. And under this rock, he found Heather's Eastern Washington University student ID oh. and a butcher knife. <laughs> oh, wow. Random. Just so random. Especially weighed down by a rock. So obviously someone it's not like they slipped under there in the current. Yeah. Yeah. The the butcher knife and the ID just <laughs> wriggled themselves under the rock. Yeah. No. The location where these two items were found uh-huh. was three and a half blocks from where Robert Davis was living at the time. Oh weird. It's a really that's like a oh ten minute gosh. walk. It's, it's really like close. these people, like, come on. In 2016, um, a new detective ended up taking over the case. So, it, I mean, this case is cold at this point. Yeah. And a new detective just takes it, starts looking over it. And he keyed in to the fact that Heather was planning on going to the bank, yes. But she was also planning on going to some pawn shops. Yeah. So, he decides in 2016, five years after she's gone missing oh my gosh let's check out the pawn shops and lo and behold robert had pawned some rings the day after heather went missing well what a coincidence of course it was <sighs> one of the rings was very very distinctive and a family member immediately identified it as heather's ring oh man this whole time heather's mother jackie is determined to find her daughter good like, absolutely determined she i wouldn't call her reckless because that sounds negative but uh -huh. she was um i determined is really the only word that i can use okay uh, she was so hell-bent on finding her daughter that one day she heard a rumor that some people associated with a local drug crash house had kidnapped her daughter and were torturing her so her mother went and barged directly into this house looking for her daughter 
didn't wow. care didn't care that these were potentially very dangerous people she wanted her daughter go mom it is i i can't and how and i mean she has to be like i'm assuming like 20 30 years older than older than her daughter so wow yeah yeah what's really sad is she said that every time there was a body found she thought it might be heather and she would just prepare herself for the police to come notify her that they had finally found her daughter could you imagine going through that over and over and over again right uh that's awful so may 13th 2012 there was a female body found and jackie kind of heard the news that this body was found and she was so sure it was Heather. She started cleaning up her front porch because she was just preparing for the police to come. She knew they were going to come. She was just Aww. waiting for them. Oh, unfortunately, it wasn't Heather. It was a 20 year old girl woman named Kayla Williams. See, that's sad because in cases like this, it's like like you were saying, every time they found a body, she would just prepare herself that it was her daughter. And there has to be some sort of mixed emotions when it's not, like when it's confirmed that it's not. And, and I don't think it's relief. I think it's just more waiting. And then you just have to, then there's feelings to, you know, that you're reconciling that there's another family out there that just lost their Exactly. You know, and so that must be just like a horrible cycle. And for the longest time, she really hoped that her daughter was alive somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, on the missing page for Heather Higgins, uh-huh. there's actually a video that her mother made. Uh, and I believe it was in 2014. She had this video out. I was saying, Heather, please come home. I just I want to know you're safe and it's pretty obvious she thought her daughter might still be alive in 2014 oh man um so Kayla was the the body that they found Mm -hmm. and she was a local of the area okay Kayla had struggled with substance abuse for quite a while as I was reading about Kayla and the news coverage on Kayla it really reminded me of Karen Bodine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that so much of her disappearance ended up centering around the fact that she was a drug addict or recovering drug addict, even when it, it almost didn't even matter. Yeah. And if, if listeners don't know what we're talking about, uh, Karen Bodine was episode... 48. Yeah. So that was, that was Karen and her daughter who we interviewed for the, um, our episode that we did. I mean, she's still looking and, and trying and like, I mean, but yeah, it was at the beginning, it was the circumstances, who she was and behind her death that like the police were kind of like, uh, just another, you know, drug addict doesn't really matter so it didn't get the attention it deserved like and I know we were just talking about it but a certain case that's in the spotlight right now that has all of this attention and people who aren't even detectives at all looking for clues and searching and trying to get to the bottom of the case that's what sucks which frustrates me a lot because I've been in contact with a family I'm I'm trying to uh, work on getting some interviews together that their their sister yeah, you was were very this. clearly murdered. Uh-huh. And the police don't care. Yeah. They're not looking. They don't care. Yeah. And then there's this case right now happening. With the whole nation cares. You can't get away from it. At all. Yeah. And I mean, it's sad that this was an innocent person who was killed. Uh-huh. But there are so many other innocent people that have been killed that uh-huh. don't get even a fraction of the attention. It's just frustrating. Yeah. And sadly, it's because she was a young, beautiful, blonde girl. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I need and a little stop. bit of scandal thrown in there. Uh, yeah, just, I need to stop. Yeah, It's frustrating. Before I say something. Um, back to Kayla, because we went off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, 
unfortunately, her issues with substance abuse did become, um, it became the main focal point in her death. And it's unfortunate and it's frustrating and it really shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Um, it's suspected that she was homeless or at least transient at the time that she disappeared. Um, the last confirmed sighting of her was she was having an argument at her boyfriend's house and she left. And I believe that is the last time anyone saw her. Oh. Um, I found a news story that was released a year after her body was found. A, a direct quote from this news story um, just kind of tells you everything you need to know about the investigation here. It says, uh, quote, police think her addiction put her in contact with her killer. And that's it. I mean, there was a little bit more about um, I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But like that was as I was watching this two minute clip, just they had to slip in there. The yeah. Her addiction. It, it's it's almost like to justify why this isn't so urgent for us or why we didn't look into this enough. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah, and it's I know, like, I know context clues are important and I know we're discussing it quite a bit. I don't want to make it sound like we are making this about yeah. her and her addiction. Yeah. It is important to note because it does say who her contacts were and what she was doing and the fact that she was at a little bit more risk because of this, it's purely for context and not to make it about that. Yeah. So her body was found. Unfortunately, um, horribly violated. Um, she was cut in half. And badly decomposed when she was found. Uh-huh. Her lower half was stuffed in a sleeping bag. Um, the sleeping bag was tied off and uh, it had been covered with some various debris. Inside the sleeping bag with her was a pair of underwear that was not her own. And Spokane medical examiners could not determine her cause of death. Oh. And at the time, they wouldn't even say that her death was a murder. Oh, wow. They wouldn't even call it a, a homicide. They just, what, spontaneous death? Un or? Undetermined. Okay. That's ridiculous. Um, I'll talk about them later because yeah. I'm displeased with them, too. Uh, they tested the underwear, her fingernails, and some black electrical tape that had been found around her neck. And they found DNA in all three places. And the DNA found on her body and the underwear and the tape was all a match for Robert Davis. Oh. I, so I bet they just didn't do anything about that. Um, no. No. <laughs> Why would they? Why would no. they? No. <laughs> that must have been a coincidence, too. Oh, I will tell you exactly why they didn't in a minute. Ugh. And it's ridiculous. Um... So when Kayla's body was found, of course, the circumstances of the way she was found were released to the public. They did say that, hey, she was in a sleeping bag. And Robert Davis's mother came forward with some information. Okay. A little bit of backstory about Robert before I say what his mother came out with. Um, when Robert was three years old, he was mauled by a dog. Oh, which is really sad. And um, and I had, don't want to feel sad, but I do. He had a bunch of reconstructive surgeries to his face, but he did have permanent scars because of this. Even with the several surgeries, he had permanent scars. Um, when he would, uh, when he would get heightened emotions. So if he was upset or angry, it would make his scars turn bright red and even more prominent. Oh, he also had a speech impediment. Um, I'm assuming it's as a result because of his injuries. That wasn't explicitly stated anywhere, but he did have a speech impediment. And so and I'm sure he was bullied. Yep, because yeah. children are assholes they and they are bullied him. Huge assholes. One article also mentioned that teachers didn't call on him in class. And I don't know if that was them trying to be kind yeah. to like 
huh. not make him speak so that he didn't draw more attention to himself with this impediment or um I would think if, that's that was the case. I would I'm trying to think of what I would do and I mean I'm I don't know, I'd talk to the kid first and ask him. I, but, I would hope. Yeah. I wouldn't um, just assume they didn't want to contribute because of their speech impediment. Right. Yeah. But, you know, as a result of this alienation by pretty much everyone, it made him into a, a very angry man mm. as an adult. I'm sure, but that's no excuse. It is not. Uh, he ended up turning to drugs and he displayed symptoms of some kind of mental health issue. It was never really diagnosed. Uh-huh. So it was more like uh, something seems off, but they didn't they didn't ever get to the point where they diagnosed him. His mom would try and get him help, but he would run. Oh. And for a while, he was actually homeless living on the streets because he so adamantly did not want help from his mother. Oh, that's really sad. It is really sad. And I want to feel, I don't want to feel sad. Do you know what I'm saying? This is what right. I feel sad about. I feel sad about his younger self, his older self. And the choices he made. Yeah. Uh, don't feel sorry about. Inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one day in 2010, I mean, he had been away from home for years and he showed up at his mom's house and he was just babbling. He kept saying, I did something bad. I did something bad. Oh, she finally calms him down enough that he's able to tell her what happened. He said that two men had killed this woman named Heather and they forced Robert to dispose of her body. And the two men told Robert that if he told anyone that they would kill his mother and his sister. Oh, geez. So he goes on to say that he disposed of Heather by putting her in two different sleeping bags and he tried to roll her off of a cliff, but the sleeping bags had gotten caught up in some trees. Oh my gosh. And his mother is sitting there listening to him. And she said, I mean, this is a, a babbling drug addict. At what point do you take the story seriously? How much of this is true? How much is not true? Uh-huh. So she kept the story to herself. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't until Kayla's body was found in 2012 that her mother realized that Kayla was found in a sleeping bag. And oh, only half of her was found yeah. And so she comes for it. She was like, oh man. This story Robert told me might be true. I need to tell the police about what he told me about Heather. Yeah. So the police take this information and they asked uh, Robert's mother, please, please don't contact Heather's mother with this story. We need to vet the information. We don't want to get her hopes up or anything like that. So she complied. Um, she said that she did not want to add any more pain to this woman's life. So she just, she didn't reach out to Heather's mom. Oh. Now this was 2012. Jackie, Heather's mom, did not learn about this information until 2015. Oh, really? Police didn't tell her for three years. That's nuts. I would be so pissed. I would be too. Oh my gosh. So in 2014, Jackie heard about a trial that was going to be happening less than an hour away in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Robert Davis was on trial for burglary and assault with sexual motivation. So at this point in 2014, Jackie only knew Robert's name because she knew that Robert had given Heather a ride. And she was intrigued, so she decided to go to the trial. Well, yeah, I think as anyone would be. And remember, Jackie did not know about Robert's confession about Heather at this point. She didn't find that out for another year. Okay. So there actually is not a whole lot of information about this Coeur d'Alene attack. Um, I tried to find court records. I cannot find the woman's name anywhere. And I I don't blame her for not wanting it out there. I'm glad that her name has been kept private. But did she know about the um 
I, I mean, she obviously knew Robert was associated with her daughter, but did she know about like all the other stuff, like the pawn shop stuff? The No, she didn't find any of that out until 2015. And the pawn shop didn't happen until 2016. Oh my gosh. So in 2014, all that Heather's mother knows is that Robert was associated with her daughter somehow and may have been the last person to see her. Oh, That's all wow. she knew. That's crazy. The only information I can find about this Coeur d'Alene attack is that um, Robert broke into this woman's house and he choked her to unconsciousness and he raped her. Oh my gosh. It sounds very, very similar to what Dawn, the neighbor, experienced. Yeah. Um, in this case, actually, I the one thing that I could find that I really enjoy is that the woman in Coeur d'Alene, her dog is the one that saved her. Oh, what kind of dog was it? I I can't even find that much. Oh. The only information I can find is that her dog saved her. So I'm assuming that uh, the dog must have come in um, and attacked him. That dog better be better. got like some really great treats. All the belly rubs. Exactly. And all the that dog and eats all the peanut first. Butter tongs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That dog eats first and then we eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Um, honestly, beyond that information, I don't have anything. There's so little shared on this attack. Um, Robert was charged with burglary, attempted murder, and battery with the intent to commit a serious felony. Oh, wow. His trial lasted three days. The victim did testify against him. And Jackie said the victim was shaking while she was on the witness stand. I don't blame her. I would be too. Oh, yeah. After the trial was over, I guess Jackie went and talked to this woman and she thanked her. Um, She said that because of her, he wouldn't have a chance to have another victim. Oh. So the prosecutor ended up dropping the attempted murder charge. But Robert was found guilty of burglary and the assault and he was sentenced to 15 years. 15 years? Yep. That's it? 15 years. So uh, he's actually set to... um, His sentence ends in 2029. Wow. Which feels like it's going to come up in no time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Meanwhile, Kayla's mother uh, had heard about the information that Robert's mother had come forward with. And Kayla's mother was like, okay, he admitted to disposing of the body. Can we at least get charged? Like something, something, anything to make this guy responsible for what he did to my daughter. And the prosecutors told her it wasn't worth it. What? Why? Because in Washington state, disposing of a body is only a misdemeanor. Oh my God. But still that's something to me that would still be something. They're not going to go through all of that for a misdemeanor. You don't really get jail time for a misdemeanor. And he's already in jail. Does it count against like the, well, I was going to say like the three strikes, in your, but he's already out. So never mind. No, because it's not a felony. Oh, wow. It's like not even a slap on the wrist. So the prosecutors said, you know, we're really sorry, but it's just not worth it. Why is justice so not justice? It gets worse. Oh, my gosh. Because um, a family friend named Cheryl Mitchell was actually a lawyer for 35 years. And she decided, you know what? Let's get this law changed. Uh, This should absolutely be a felony. It should not be a misdemeanor. That's crazy. And in February 2020, they actually got Washington State Senator Mike Patton to submit a bill to the Senate to change this law to make improper disposal of a body a class C felony. It passed 48-0 in the Senate. Wow. It did not pass in the House. (sighs) So uh, to this day, improper disposal of a body is still a misdemeanor. 
The, you that is crazy that it's just a misdemeanor, right? When you're disposing of a human body, yeah. Obviously, if you're disposing of a human body, you did something to that human body. I would think so, but the law uh, says otherwise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, basically, um, Heather's case and Kayla's case are at a standstill because Heather's body has never been found. And Kayla is still classified as an un, um, indeterminate cause of death. Wow. Uh, Robert Davis is in prison. Um, June 2024 is his next parole hearing. Mm-hmm. He actually just had a parole hearing in 2018. Heather's mother, Kayla's family, a ton of people petitioned the court to deny him parole. Thankfully, they denied him parole. Good. Kayla and Heather's mothers both think that the medical examiner had a lot to do with why there's been no movement in the case. Oh. Because they're saying that Kayla's death is undetermined. They won't even call it a homicide. That's cr- Why wouldn't you call it a homicide? What do you want to call it? I know undetermined, but like, I mean, look at, look at all the circumstances around it. Right. And... I don't know why this is, but somehow Kayla's mother didn't even know that her death was classified as undetermined until March of 2017. That's uh, five years after her body was found. Wow. She didn't know the cause of death for five years. That's insane. Why Um, do they keep that information like that? I I don't, what is the purpose? I think it's this specific office. It is not a common practice. Okay. And I don't think it's standard. Okay. This is my opinion. I didn't find anything about that. Yeah. But um, the medical examiners in Spokane have a lot of explaining to do. Uh, Yeah. Kayla's mother, or Kayla's family really, was pushing so hard for some kind of movement in this case that the police detectives hired a different coroner to do an examination on her body. Oh, wow. Like, I feel like that should tell you something. Yeah. And this, uh, this coroner found 60 wounds on Kayla's body that were not listed in the initial examiner's report. Oh, wow. He also concluded that she was very likely sexually assaulted. And his expert opinion was that the death should have been ruled a homicide until proven otherwise. Oh, wow. It's a, that is so completely the opposite yeah. of what the medical examiner said. So after hearing this information, Kayla's mother goes back to the medical examiner. And she says she didn't cut herself up. She didn't wrap herself up. This is very obviously a homicide. And the medical examiner says, ma'am, the person who did these things and wrapped her up is not necessarily the person who killed her. <laughs> so oh, so. He, so and, <laughs> which, How could you okay. even say that? Logically, I can see what he is saying. What is he saying? That that someone just found her and then did all of that? I mean, it, it goes with the story that Robert initially said that two other people killed her and he just disposed it is abuse of corpse, um, but he can't prove that Robert's the one that actually. But I don't think her. I don't think anyone would dispose of a body just to dispose of a body. I mean, maybe they would do it as a favor. But if you're disposing of a body, you're covering something up, and right. usually you'll be implicated either way, or hopefully you would, because you disposed of the body. So why would you even do it if? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so what really gets me about this is that he called her death undetermined. And here he is saying that, like, not necessarily the person who killed her. Like, your your statements in your report are not matching up. Yeah, at all. So the questions that Kayla's mother was sending to the medical examiner's office, I guess, were getting so frequent that they issued a written response to her. Um, And it said 
that their their stance on this second coroner and his opinion uh they said that the coroner is not an appointed medical examiner okay which is basically their bullshit way of saying um we don't believe him because he's not good enough I thought a coroner and a medical examiner were the same thing, though. I thought so, too. So I actually had to look this up. Um, in Washington state, the medical examiner is appointed and a coroner is elected. Oh, my gosh. That's the only difference. There's a couple more. So, again, this is only for Washington state. Uh Requirements vary state by state. And because we're talking about a Washington crime, I am choosing to state the Washington requirements. Yeah. So in Washington, a coroner is required to be accredited by an international association for medical examiners and they're required to maintain that accreditation. Okay. They're also required to be certified in medicological forensic investigation. So they have to be a certified medical examiner and they have to be certified in forensic investigation of a body. Medical examiners are required to be certified forensic pathologists or obtain the certification within one year of their appointment. So basically, a coroner is every bit as good as a medical examiner is. Really. Oh my gosh. Um... It's important to note that Spokane County decided to get rid of their elected coroner positions and they only have medical examiners over there. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, medical examiner Howard, who is the one who performed Kayla's um, examination, went so far to state in court records that he believed Kayla may have died from a meth overdose. So this issue of her substance abuse comes up again. Of course it does, because... What pisses me off here is that her toxicology report showed 0.15 milligrams per liter of meth in her system. Is that a lot? That is six times lower. Oh, wow. Lower. Than what examiner Howard himself defines as a lethal dose. How, are, how are, do they have such different numbers on that or opinions on what would be lethal? Howard is the one who decided what's 15 times six. I don't even know. 45, oh. 90. So 0. 0.90 milligrams per liter is what Howard defines as a lethal dose. And Kayla's body had 0.15. Oh, my gosh. So his own definition doesn't even match. At all. With. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you and I are frustrated about this. Kayla's mother is also angry oh, about this. Oh, she's because, beyond, probably. Yeah. This is. Uh, here's a couple of quotes from Kayla's mother. Kayla, uh, she says, quote, it seems like this coroner feels like they deserve it if you are doing drugs. That's absolutely horrible. He jeopardizes cases. He should not have that job, in my opinion, unquote. Yeah, I agree. She also said, quote, I think the medical examiner is the problem here. If he slowed down the process after Kayla, the next victim is on his hands, unquote. Wow. So uh, Kayla's mother is not pleased. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be pleased either. While law enforcement was sitting here messing around trying to figure out what to do with Kayla's case, because they knew this DNA was Robert's, 2014 is when he was convicted of that crime in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Which just ties in with what Kayla's mom said, that the next victim is on his hands. She's directly saying that Howard is responsible for this. Oh, wow. What's really interesting is that uh, Robert's mother... Even she believes that Robert is responsible for Heather and Kayla. Oh, my gosh. Even his own mother. Yes. <laughs> and the police are like, nope, sorry. Still, yeah. we still need Kayla and Heather to come back and uh, tell us themselves. I don't think they're coming back. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, just, it's ridiculous. His own so, mom. I already kind of mentioned that the Spokane police did their own damage to this. Uh-huh. Um, I mentioned it took them two weeks to even assign a detective to start looking for Heather. 
when that that detective actually went and spoke with Jackie, Jackie provided them several photos for them to use in uh, whatever bulletins and whatever they decided to use to look for Heather. Um, One of them was actually a graduation photo from her graduation from the Spokane Community College. Oh, the police chose to use a mugshot. Of course. It adds to the narrative. Yep. And how sad for her memory, too. Yeah. And um, in 2012, that's when Robert's mother came forward with the information about Robert confessing to disposing of Heather's body. And I believe it was 2013 when Heather's mother barged into the drug crash house the police knew that her daughter was likely dead at that point oh. and they hadn't told her. Oh, that's so sad. They, like I said, they didn't tell her until 2015. Oh, that's awful. Um, Heather's mother to this day is still looking for her daughter because Heather's never been found. And September 20th, which was a month ago, uh, today at the point that we're recording this. Uh-huh. Um, Jackie held a candlelight vigil in Spokane for the 10th anniversary of Heather's disappearance. Oh. And she does it every single year. Um, Gosh. The one she did in 2020 during COVID, she had she asked people for to do it from their homes to burn a candle in their homes just to remember her. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine doing that and not having the closure and not having like the, just like knowing exactly. We talk about that all the time. That would, yeah. that, that has to be the worst torture. On the Heather Higgins missing page on Facebook. Uh-huh. Like I said, in 2014, her mom made a video and there was a quote on the video like a like a still image of text Um, and I wanted to read that because it's in it's from her mother it's in her mother's words and I just I like the way that she put this okay so it says someone knows what happened to Heather Higgins it is riding hard on someone's conscience. someone needs to come forward and tell what they know it will eat at them and bring sadness and unrest to their life they long for the peace that only telling the truth will provide. Aww. You know who you are. Please do the right thing for your own sake. If for no other call 509-456-2233, which is for crime check in Spokane. If you know anything about Heather's disappearance, you know, what gets me is like whenever I see those pleas or like, you know, people writing stuff like if you know anything or if you're responding you know whatever like I imagine these people that actually did that reading this and knowing that and just shrugging and yeah. deciding not to do anything yeah hmm? like I mean going back to like what we were saying especially with the Karen Bodine case like you know how many people were at that party in that house party that oh night? yeah and someone knows and someone something. knows something that drives me nuts yeah Um, So at the time of her disappearance, Heather was blonde. She has blue eyes. She's 5'8 and weighed approximately 120 pounds. She was 39 years old when she went missing and she would be 49 years old now. Wow. Um, Kayla's family still hopes that somebody has information that can help them make a more solid case against anyone, not just Robert, in this murder. Uh Uh-huh. Um, That news story that I mentioned that was released a year after she was found. The police are very sure that somebody knows something because the sleeping bag she was found in is very distinctive. It is a bright ass orange plaid. Oh, wow. This is not easy to miss. Yeah. Police think that someone saw somebody with this sleeping bag because they had to have. Kayla was dumped in a public area. Oh, wow. Um, so police ask that if anybody knows any information about uh, specifically this bright orange sleeping bag or about Kayla's disappearance that they come forward. Yeah. 
I, I just wanted to circle back and just close the loop here on Heather's neighbor. Um, Dawn, like I said, she submitted a police report against Robert in 2007. It was investigated, but it wasn't given to prosecutors until 2013. And as of 2017, there have never been charges filed against Robert for it. Wow. That is unbelievable. Yeah, so Spokane police have, um, I don't know if they, I don't know what they're doing, honestly. I don't know. I mean, I mean, some, when we hear some of these cases and like just the amount of balls dropped all the time or decisions made and, and like, yeah, like mishandled cases, it's, it's unbelievable to me that that can happen and we just like, accept it and you know what i'm saying and just like move on oh man so this that comment actually goes right into um i wanted to end this episode by talking about the spokane medical examiners yippee because they made some pretty it they made some pretty big mistakes in kayla's case um so the two medical examiners are howard and aiken kayla's case is not the only time that they have had their findings questioned in 2017 their findings were questioned hard enough that there was actually a formal investigation opened to review 14 of their autopsies that were performed oh wow i just want to name a few to give you an idea of some of the cases and their findings and uh, just to give some context about why this investigation was opened so there was Kayla's autopsy in 2012, obviously. Um, in May 2015, a motorcyclist ran a red light and crashed into the side of the bus. Howard ruled this as a suicide. What? The cause of death was later amended to undetermined because investigators like really pushed for it. But the family was never notified. The funeral home was notified. Why wasn't the family? You would think that's like the the chain of events that we rule this. Why does the, the funeral home need to know much exactly. later? Exactly. They're they're just burying the person or getting them ready. Why why do they need to know? Yeah. So that was that was one of them. In January 2016, a man shot his wife in the chest with a 380 pistol. He claimed he was cleaning the weapon at the time. Aiken ruled this an accident. So weird. I, I would like to say that in 2018, this man was sentenced to five years for killing his wife. I kind of want to do a whole separate episode. On oh. That. But initially, it was ruled an accident. Um, In January 2016, a 49-year-old surgeon went missing. He was found the next day floating in the Spokane River. He had a broken sternum fractured ribs and the earbuds from his ipod were still in his ears let me guess it was an accident um tests showed that his ipod had not been submerged for that long they were actually able to like run diagnostics on his ipod it had not been submerged in water for that long howard ruled this an accidental drowning of, of course this man's wife was also a surgeon and her expert opinion after seeing the injuries to her husband's body is that this was not an accident and the medical examiner didn't even care. Oh my goodness. In May 2016, a 33-year-old woman was found dead in the Spokane River, no pants on, and she had hand-shaped bruises and other injuries to her body. Aiken ruled this a suicide before toxicology even came back. Wow. In October 2016, a partially nude woman was found floating in the Spokane River, showing, showing signs of blood force trauma. Aiken ruled this a suicide. Oh, wow. So that's just a handful of the autopsies that were brought up in this investigation. And After so, a year... Okay, what? go on. Nothing. I, you're probably going to answer the question. Go ahead. After a, a year a review board found that they met the standard of care. Really? Yes. 
who's on this review board? The people, the same people that are the, the what, you know what I, oh man. So the, um, it's called the Medical Quality Assurance Commission. I think it's a state board. I found an article that talked about um, this review board, this commission uh-huh. does not have the power to change a cause of death. They only have the power to um, basically what they said is they can only decide if a different medical professional could reasonably come to the same conclusion. And they said that they could, which meant that the standard of care had been met in all of these cases. And as of right now, Aiken and Howard are still the medical examiners in Spokane. Of course they are. I think that one of them is getting close to retiring, I believe, because they did just hire a new medical examiner in 2020. But I, I don't understand. I don't understand this either. So that's just. So basically don't die over there anytime soon, especially if you're yeah. murdered. See, there you go, giving people ideas again, but they can murder in Spokane and not get caught for it. That's just like that, that like triangle in the desert that I guess there's a loophole there. You can murder anybody there and not get caught. Like there's like a loophole in the law. It's in in Yosemite National Park, uh I think. Yeah, I was telling my husband about it and then he was like, hey, do you want to go to Yosemite sometime soon? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no. Uh-uh. You're like, you're not funny. <laughs> uh, they talked about that recently on, I believe, Jensen and Holes. Oh, okay. And uh, Paul Holes actually commented on that, that like, yes, it's actually a thing. But that area of the park is like cliffs. Oh. And like, you're not going to get there. Yeah. Like, me and you, we're not getting there. It's not happening. And if you do get there, I mean... It's almost like it's like a prize yeah, to exactly. finally give up the ghost <laughs> exactly, once you're there. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, this is it's really sad for the family because Kayla's mom, Heather's mom, and Robert's mom all really believe that this person is responsible for their daughters. And And it's so sad that they're they can't get any justice for that. And they are trying. Um, I could not find any information on any kind of support page for Kayla. Yeah. Uh, There is still a page for Heather Higgins. Her mother still posts um, often. And I just, I really hope that. There's something. I hope that she could, her, at least her daughter can be found. Yeah. I mean. Robert wasn't even specific about where he dumped her body. Um, he said it was somewhere north on a ski hill. God, what a prick! Oh, I, I don't, I kill, I don't know where I dumped it though. I'm so like, just if you're gonna do it and you're gonna say you did it, then just tell, like where the body is exactly. Why can't you have the decency to remember? That would, yeah. Or I mean, he. He is a drug user. I know. If he can't remember because he was in a haze when it happened. It's just this happened in the the 2010s. Yeah. Like it just seems like our technology. I mean, granted, right now it's way better, but in 2010, I'm pretty sure that they could have found some kind of cell phone um, or GPS or something to track down if they had tried. And I don't think they tried. Yeah. So that's um, that's Crystal's anger corner for this week. Gosh, you like two two cases in a row. You just bring like infuriating uh, problems just, like, in our justice, justice system. system. Justice system. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I just highlight the blood and the gore. Okay, no I'm kidding. <laughs> One of us needs to bring the facts. Okay. <laughs> I just want to spill the tea on like what happened and why there was a problem. But you like to highlight the more, I don't know. The social justice. Yeah. <laughs> I would oh, be a great man. judge. Oh, you killed them? Dead. Done. Next. <laughs> 
Next, you killed him. Why? Oh, that's a pretty good reason. All right, you may go. <laughs> Next, you kill. No, oh, sorry. I don't. I don't even like your face. I'm not even going to ask you. Go. Go. Like I would be the best person. The best. Oh my god. Ugh, maybe I should look into that job. Oh man. So yeah. Uh, thankfully, next week you can spill all the tea you want. Oh. <laughs> I just love when it's like a like a. Are you serious? Like that is. I have a I have a juicy one. I have a juicy one for you next week. Like the scandal. Yeah, the scam. I love. I, I love. I like it when there's myrtle. Mur, myrtle. I like it when there's myrtle. Ugh, I said it again. <laughs> Hold on. Let me hold on. I had a stroke twice in like the past three seconds. I like when there's some murder sprinkled in with a little infidelity. That kind of that's like that's the love yeah. You like I love the triangles. Like, the triangles. The love triangles. The the dark side of Hallmark. <laughs> um the oxygen special. Like that is if you. it's gonna be on lifetime, I, I wanna talk about it. I wanna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I should do. I should yeah. go find like a lifetime movie and do that one next. If DJ from Full House can act in it now, I, I wanna do it. I wanna do it. If she can play the killer, that's what I'm talking about <laughs> all right all right well thank yes, you thank you for getting angry with mm-hmm. me for another week well thank you for pissing me off that was fun <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome we will see you later goodbye goodbye Kat and I are so grateful for all of our listeners, and we love hearing from you guys. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Alternative Interest Podcast, and let us know your thoughts on this week's case. We want to cover the things that you guys want to hear, so please email us your case suggestions at alternativeinterestpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and sharing us with your friends. Be good to each other, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>